Good morning. I'm Paige Winfield Cunningham from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, January 29th. In today's news, D.C. officials slam a proposal to erect permanent fencing around the U.S. Capitol. And a coronavirus variant first seen in South Africa is identified in South Carolina. But first, here's the big idea. The U.S. economy shrank by 3.5% in 2020 as the coronavirus pandemic ravaged factories, businesses, and households, pushing U.S. economic growth to a low not seen since the nation wound down wartime spending in 1946. Overall, the economy was surprisingly resilient in the second half of the year, given the fall-off at the start of the public health crisis, according to data yesterday from the Bureau of Economic Analysis. But the Post's Rachel Siegel, Andrew Van Dam, and Erica Warner report that the 1% growth in the fourth quarter signaled a faltering recovery and a long road ahead, with 9.8 million jobs still missing and 23.8 million adults struggling to feed their families. It's the first time the economy has contracted for the year since 2009, when gross domestic product shrank by 2.5% during the depths of the Great Recession. The next worst plunge was 1946, when the economy shrank by 11.6% as the nation demobilized from its wartime footing. Consumer spending in the final three months of the year slowed down in all 15 categories tracked by the BEA, as the sectors that powered third-quarter growth faltered. Americans spent less on restaurants and hotels, a sector that had been a surprising third-quarter bright spot, and the growth of spending on motor vehicles and healthcare slowed after a steep third-quarter acceleration. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer seized on the new GDP figures in a speech on the Senate floor, arguing that they make the case for passing a big new relief bill. President Biden has proposed a $1.9 trillion economic relief package with money for individual Americans in cities and states, as well as coronavirus testing and vaccines, among other provisions. Schumer reiterated yesterday that he intends to take steps to move the package forward next week, with or without GOP support. Many Republicans say the proposal is too costly and unnecessary on top of about $4 trillion in relief that Congress already passed, including $900 billion in December. Even as the economy shed jobs like never before in 2020, personal income grew significantly, largely because of $1,200 stimulus checks and enhanced unemployment benefits provided by the CARES Act. Disposable personal income grew faster for lower-income households than it did for the average household. However, those gains were front-loaded and have begun to erode. Federal stimulus drove personal income to record highs in the late spring, but the levels fell off significantly in the second half of the year as relief programs under the CARES Act wound down or expired. Congress also approved a $900 billion stimulus package last month, which sent Americans new $600 stimulus checks and extended unemployment benefits by as much as $300 a week through mid-March. Economic chaos reigned in 2020. In the second quarter, gross domestic product contracted at the fastest quarterly rate ever for the U.S. as the pandemic walloped workers and businesses and kept millions from leaving their homes. Then, in the third quarter, GDP soared at a record pace as parts of the economy reopened and businesses brought workers back onto their payrolls. The economic recovery was propelled by a rebound of sales of automobiles and household goods such as furniture and in renovations and supplies for home offices. And that's the big idea. Here are two other stories that should be on your radar this week. Number one. The acting Capitol Police chief has proposed erecting permanent fencing around the U.S. Capitol, a dramatic step that drew immediate condemnation from D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, city officials, and some members of Congress. 
The Post's Michael Bryce Sadler reports that non-scalable fencing topped with spools of wire was put up around the Capitol the day after the violent January 6th breach, though former Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy said at the time that the seven-foot-tall fence would only remain in place for 30 days. But yesterday, Acting Capitol Police Chief Yogananda Pittman said security experts have long argued that, quote, more needed to be done to protect the U.S. Capitol and members of Congress. Her statement infuriated local officials and some U.S. lawmakers who maintained that the Capitol's historic grounds should remain open to the public. Several said local residents should not be punished for security lapses during the riot. Pittman apologized Wednesday for, quote, failings that allowed rioters to take control of the building, saying the department should have been better prepared. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick died in the assault. The fencing proposal would require approval by the Capitol Police Board, which includes the Senate and House Sergeant-at-Arms, as well as the architect of the Capitol. Appropriations for large sums of money, such as a bill to permanently fortify the Capitol, would also need approval by the House and the Senate. Bowser has said that upcoming events, such as the impeachment trial of former President Donald Trump, will require extra security, including the fencing and presence of National Guard troops. But she says she won't accept extra troops or permanent fencing as a long-term fixture in D.C. Council Chairman Phil Mendelson agreed, tweeting that he was, quote, vehemently opposed to the proposal. Number two. Yesterday, a highly transmittable coronavirus variant, first identified in South Africa, was reported in the U.S. hours before Maryland biotech company Novavax announced that its coronavirus vaccine was highly affected in preventing illness, except against that particular variant. My colleagues Carolyn Y. Johnson and Joel Achenbach report that the Novavax data surprised and disappointed scientists, who said it's the latest sign that the new mutation-laden variants pose a challenge for vaccine makers and complicate the battle to crush the pandemic. The company's results provide the first glimpse of how any coronavirus vaccine protects against two mutated versions of the virus that rapidly became dominant in the UK and South Africa and then spread across the world. The Novavax vaccine was highly effective, 89%, in a trial where the variant first identified in the UK was highly prevalent, but its efficacy dropped to 49% in a smaller and less definitive South Africa trial, where the vast majority of infections were from a different variant that is spreading there. Anthony Fauci called the drop in efficacy, quote, significant, and said it was a wake-up call. Other experts cautioned against comparing trials too closely because of differences in design and context. A vaccine that is 50% effective— some noted, would have a powerful effect as the pandemic is raging and is similar to the efficacy of the flu vaccine some years. All of the coronavirus vaccines are already being rebooted to fight the variant identified in South Africa. Public health officials have now confirmed that all three major variants of concern are present in the United States. Yesterday, South Carolina officials disclosed the first two cases in the U.S. involving the South Africa variant, and the patient's lack of travel or connection to one another suggests the variant is spreading in the community after an undetected introduction. There is, however, no evidence that the variant is deadlier for the individual patient than more common strains. But if it is more transmissible— As scientists suspect based on preliminary data, the resulting boost to the infection rate would increase hospitalizations and death. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, January 29th. I'm Paige Winfield Cunningham. Thanks for listening.